Welcome, you're listening to A Pop of Psych, a fun and educational podcast about the interdisciplinary applications of psychology. So I recently saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Everybody on Reddit appears to be obsessed with this movie, which is why when I saw it on my Netflix homepage, I felt obligated to watching it. Um, And I'd personally like to thank the programmers of the Netflix algorithm Because I kid you not, I wrote an entire three-page journal entry just trying to understand what my eyes and ears were blessed with for 108 minutes. Um, I would love to discuss the alluring cinematography and the interpretations of the ending, but for today's episode at least, I will talk about the science of memories in relation to this movie. If you haven't seen it yet, please take the time to do so. Um, It's available on American Netflix, but I'm sure other streaming platforms will have this cult classic as well. I would say it ranks in like the top three of my movies at this point. Um, But definitely go watch it. This episode may contain some spoilers, so please, please, please watch it. Um, Yeah, so in segment one, I'm just going to give an introduction to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, give a few basic facts, its plot, an overview of the plot, and some basic um, plot points, um, as well as how the story was conceived by the director and screenwriters. Another thing to note is that we'll be adding audio clips into this episode, so hopefully Um, audio clips from the movie will elucidate some of the points that I want to discuss. Any risk of brain damage? Well, uh, technically speaking, the procedure is brain damage, but it's, it's on a par with a night of heavy drinking. Nothing you'll miss. The most basic explanation of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is as follows. Um, so... Joel Barish, our protagonist, undergoes a memory-erasing procedure after his girlfriend, Clementine Krasinski, gets one as well. Now, this memory-erasing procedure allows for the person doing the actual memory-erasing to erase very specific memories, those of the patient's choosing. So, Clementine erased all her memories of and associated with Joel, And now Joel, in grief, wants to do the same with Clementine. The first thing we need you to do, Mr. Barish, is to go home and collect everything you own that has some association with Clementine. Anything. We'll use these items to create a map of Clementine in your brain, okay? So we'll need... uh, Photos, clothing, gifts, books she may have bought you, CDs you may have bought together, journal entries. You want to empty your home, you want to empty your life of Clementine. And after the mapping is done, our technicians will do the erasing in your home tonight. That way, when you awake in the morning, you find yourself in your own bed as if nothing had happened new life awaiting you. And that was Dr. Howard Mirzwiak explaining the logistics of the procedure to Joel. 
And as I said, their technicians create a map using physical objects that bring back memories of the person. So he tells Joel to bring in everything he possibly can that he associates with Clementine. And in the next scenes, Joel is given back these items one by one while hooked up to a machine that lights up where in his brain the memories of the object and thus the person are. So by creating this map, Stan Fink, who's Joel's technician, knows what to erase while Joel is asleep. And so, Joel goes to sleep and the procedure begins. In his dream, Joel revisits every memory he has had with Clementine in reverse order, starting with the fight that caused for Clementine to get her memories erased. I can die right now, Clem. I'm just... Now, Joel, still in his dream, is in the happier days of the relationship, and this is when he realizes that he doesn't want to erase Clementine anymore. And so it begins, Joel trying to hide Clementine in other memories and other parts of Joel's mind that were not mapped out by Fink. But the procedure prevails and the memories of Clementine are erased from Joel's mind by the time he wakes up. But Joel goes to Montauk on a whim, subconsciously, by fate, you don't really know, but he ends up meeting Clementine again, and this is actually the opening scene of the movie. Um, this movie is made in a non-linear format, so it gets confusing. Um, but when you understand that it's basically a repeat of what happens in the beginning, and that they're not two isolated events, I feel like it makes more sense. But um, because it's presented in the movie this way, it just feels a little bit more dreamlike. I think that's what the um, director was going for, um, but I lost my place. Let me continue. Um, oh yeah, so Joel goes to Montauk on a whim, subconsciously or by fate. You don't really know, um, but he ends up meeting Clementine again. And again, we see them falling in love. Um, but Mary Svevo, a receptionist for Lacuna, mailed out to everyone that had undergone the procedure, a recording of themselves explaining who the person they were erasing was, with a letter explaining how they requested to get their memories erased of the person, which an unsuspecting Clementine opens in front of Joel. Um, then Joel goes to his apartment and finds a similar recording of himself explaining who he was and who he was erasing. She's smart, I think, but not educated. I couldn't really talk to her about books, you know. She's more of a magazine reading girl. Her vocabulary 
something to be desired. And then I was embarrassed in public. Hi. You would pronounce library. Library. Right. Library. Him and Clementine wonder if their relationship is really worth pursuing again, to which Joel responds with a light-hearted, Okay. Okay. And so you see this very nice um, non-linear storyline that's unfolding behind you and it personally took me a really long time to graph out the whole um, storyline and try to get it chronologically correct or at least somewhat chronologically correct. So below I have linked a um, an infographic, I think, something of that nature. Um, a timeline, it's a timeline, yeah, a timeline um, that has like the order of the events that happen um, divided into like three sections. Um, but that definitely helped out with understanding the story more, so I would check it out. Um, but it really is a very beautiful story that teaches you about cherishing your memories with another person and to love for the little moments. Um, I hate myself for having such a bad memory. There are things my mom remembers of me that I don't remember of myself. Um, I know on a conscious level some of the things I've done and experienced, but I, I always feel like I'm missing a part of me, lots of, <laughs> lots of parts of me um, that have been to places and done things, but I just don't remember them, um, which is why everyone should journal, by the way, uh, because life is about being present and living in the little moments, but also about being able to look back at them and feel the emotions you felt then, now. I also think this is a story of fate and higher love, per se. Maybe I'm listening to a little too much Queen. Love of My Life has been playing on repeat um, in the back of my head and on my computer these days. Um, and it has me thinking about like maybe the one person you know, but that's like me being dramatic. But it's always nice to watch a good romantic movie uh, once in a while. Um, and a good romantic movie. So 
yeah, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind hits all of the right notes. And in the second segment, I will discuss what Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind gets right about memory, and if memory erasure is possible. Welcome to the second segment, What Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind Gets Right, Is Memory Erasure Possible? Uh, First off, to answer the million dollar question, memory erasure is possible to an extent. Um, I've linked a couple articles from Live Science um, in the description of this podcast, but to summarize one of them uh, titled, Drug Deletes Bad Memories. Administration of amnesia drug U0126 in rats was able to selectively remove a specific memory related to a fear-inducing event. So in the study, two musical tones were played for rats, both with mild electrical shocks. So the rats began to associate um, these musical tones with the electrical shocks. Um, but one particular tone was played when the rat was given this drug, and after treatment with this drug, the rats did not associate that tone with that electrical shock, yet braced themselves when the other tone was played, um, thus effectively proving one memory was deleted. Um, it is important to note that there is a possibility that the rat might still have a conscious memory of the tone, but it did not display an emotional reaction to it. Uh, because the rat itself did not brace itself for the electrical shock. In human subjects, um, a study was published under the Journal of Psychiatric Research that has found a drug called propranol. When used together with therapy, were able to dampen, uh, quote, dampen, unquote, the memories of rape in um, 19 rape victims. Um, The same drug is also being administered to soldiers with um, post-traumatic stress disorder. So we see some form of memory erasure being used in therapeutic settings. Um, But is the technology like the one in the movie available right now? Um, No. Um, Even the drugs that were being used um, to treat people that suffered um, from particularly traumatic um, and or stressful events are still in the studying phases. Um, But is it possible to develop a drug um, or some sort of technology um, that almost mirrors that of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind? Um, I would say to have an open mind. Welcome to the third segment where I talk about the ethical considerations of memory erasure procedures. Um, Now this is kind of unscripted. I have a couple things that I want to say, but I do want to build off of it. So let's see if I can test out my impromptu speaking skills. Um, Anyways, uh, the first thing to note is Joel literally unconsciously but in a way consciously realizes he doesn't want to erase um, Clementine midway through his procedure, but 
cannot alert Fink because he is very much sleeping. There are clear ethical problems in this. The first being Joel doesn't want to undergo the procedure anymore. Um, but the second and arguably more important being no one knows Joel didn't want to continue the procedure because after it was completed, he had no memory of it, which is precisely the point. Um, another thing to consider is that you are your memories. If you erase your memories, aren't you erasing a bit of yourself? How do you know you're not going to make um, the same mistakes? Perhaps you erased a mistake um, that you thought was particularly stressful. Um, you learn and you grow from your memories, even the most painful of the bunch. And memories are evidence of the fact that you lived through a particular moment. Um, but again, this is ethical and debatable because um, there are particular memories that you wouldn't, you would never want to, want to revisit, which makes total sense. Um, but because it's based on, it's like originating from um, your character, and it depends on the person's relative situation. It's impossible to make a unbiased um, judgment especially one that's not crowd, uh, clouded by your emotions um, because memories are so per personal to us um, and to the person um, you share them with. Also, erasing memories, altering memories. Um, this is something, like, I don't really know if, because, okay, though, uh, though this, as of now, um, is science fiction and we don't know the logistics of memory erasure, um, selectively erasing your memories of particular events will inevitably alter the timeline of your conscience. So, I would think that erasing a specific memory um, would at least leave some sort of evidence of that memory, otherwise there would be a weird gap in the timeline of your memories, um, either you're conscious about or um, something in your subconscious. But that was the end of my um, little ethical considerations talk, um, of segment three, um, so I'll meet you in the outro. Um, so I was revisiting the intro and I forgot to introduce myself, but hi, I'm Stacy, and I'm one of your co-hosts, um, Maybe you would have recognized my voice, um, but in case you didn't know who was speaking this whole time, hi, I'm Stacy. Um, so in today's episode, um, just to recap, um, I just explained the basic plot points of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, we discussed um, if memory erasure is possible um, and some ethical considerations of memory erasure. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, please go watch Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind if you haven't. I'm so sorry if I spoiled anything for you. Um, but I will make sure to include the spoiler alert in the description. Um, as always, uh, a lot of this was researched. So if you'd like to see the resources um, of the <laughs> resources of the script, um, go to apopopsych.wixsite.com. Um, and I hope to see you uh, in the next episode. Well, I don't see you, but I hope to...
I don't hear you either. Um, to the next episode. Bye, guys.